I think we've got two different stories about how this song came to be too, which is interesting because every time I hear you tell the story of where the song came from, I'm like, mm, did it. Okay, well, here's, the, here's it's your chance to <laughs> set the record chance. straight. <laughs> this is my chance it's to get the time. truth out there. It's You've been time. getting the fake news version of oh, this boy. song. Oh, boy. And I'm here to tell you the real story. Hey folks, welcome to As If Words Could Heal the Wounds, a podcast where we dive into the stories behind the songs of my first full-length album. I'm Ben Grace, an Aussie singer-songwriter who has been messing up Americana since 2011. Together with my friend and patron Chris Roberts, we'll discuss all 10 songs on the record and feature cameos from some of the people who influenced and helped make this record. Just a few notes before we get started. First, the album is now out. So, the minute you finish this episode, go stream it, heart it, save it, playlist it, or even better, buy it, wherever you like to get your music. If you've already done all of those things, then please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Amazon Music. Every little bit counts. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of the record. Second, every week since the pandemic locked us down in early March, my housemates and I have been bringing joy and mayhem in the form of a show we like to call Heathen Happy Hour. It's about 90 minutes of cover songs by request, Gilmore Girls-esque rapid-fire conversation and hilarity, or at least we think so. Tune into our Facebook page, facebook.com slash heathenpodcast at 7pm Pacific. That's 10pm for American East Coasters and, because of daylight saving changes, 2pm for Australian East Coasters. Can't wait to see you in the comments. Lastly, this album and the podcast is made possible by the generosity of my patrons or the drinking buddies as I refer to them affectionately. For only a little less than a pack of earplugs to drown out the endless chatter about the election, every month you too can be part of the community that supports my art. Patronage is a way that artists have made their living throughout the centuries. Back before democracy was a thing and the royals lorded over their court, the minstrels weren't driving for Uber on the side to make ends meet. So join the revolution and help me release music. Over the past two years, I've released a song about every other month. My patrons get access to demos, live music, and more. You can head to my website, it's bengracemusic.com, and click on the Patreon link. Thanks in advance for your generosity. Okay, today's episode is a little different because Chris and I didn't talk about this song. So instead, my co-writer and romantic partner, Karen Thurston, sat down with me to talk about the eighth song on the record, Write the Fear of Lullaby. Should we tell them that like it's the day after election day right now and so everyone is super loopy because we're just waiting. We're just staring at numbers all evening, all morning, all afternoon, waiting for them to tally up very close counts in states. And by the time you're listening to this, it will have gone one way or the other probably. People of the future, you know whether or not we should be afraid or excited. But yes, this is true. We have been staring into the fear for the last, well you know, 24 hours of election, but obviously much longer than mm-hmm. that. Uh, I'm looking up, right, the fear of lullaby in our... In our text conversations? In our previous you, text you're gonna conversations. You're going to do the history live? We're going to actually... Yeah, I am. I feel like that's right. just a nice, a like nice that. time. Oh, man, you were really excited about me then. <laughs> this is a terrible thing to that say. That was very nice. No, I mean, it's just all new and shiny. Yeah. That's nice. Well, and we should tell that story first. You were like, what are you doing every minute of the day? Out? What are you doing all of the time? And it would be nice. Um, so at this point in the history, this is, this is 
what we know as hardcore fact. Yes. Um, I was living in Colorado mm -hmm. for the winter up in Lyons to be specific, which is about an hour out of Denver. And uh, you were here in San Diego and we had at this point been communicating uh, digitally for quite some time. Yes. And then what happened next? Did you discover in your text messages right this very second? About this song? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the precursor to this song is that there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress that goes into long distance relationships and there's a yep. lot of fear. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, on both of our sides, I think there's uh, long-standing struggles with anxiety and with all kinds of different things. And we, we ran into several points along the way where it was just really difficult, which is mm -hmm. a universal experience for people in long distance relationships. And so we had developed several different coping mechanisms for managing that anxiety uh, via text message or conversation. We had several different little routines. Um, and at one point we were talking about fear and how I have a, when I write, I'm usually writing into something that I'm afraid of. Like I'm writing something that sounds very evolved and wise and like I'm looking down on this thing from this uh, grand perspective. But the reality is I'm just trying to mother my own fear. So I'm writing the words that I need to hear uh, to speak directly to my own fear. Um, so I said something about like, we, we will write the fear a lullaby and we'll do these things. And then um, I sent you a, a, um, a note, because that's how I like to write. So I sent you a, a note that was like the first two verses mm -hmm. and you made a little thing. And then what I have here, what I found is then you saying like, I really love the idea of the chorus being the literal line. So you write the fear lullaby. Um, and I actually resisted that for, <laughs> for a little while <laughs> um, because that was like, that was the thing that I, I had told you like that I, that I do is I write lullabies to the fear, but it felt so on the nose to me because I was like, that's why I don't tell people that's what I'm doing. Like I write to the fear. I don't go, we're going to write to the, write the fear lullaby, but you, uh, you just wanted, you just liked that as the hook and took it as the hook and ran with it. And so you sent me back a chorus, but I have like the, I have your little, your little voice memos that you sent and the whole thing. Yeah, I had them too. I don't know if you have the same ones. Are there multiples that you have? I have at three? least three. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Um, because my memory is I'd, you'd written those two verses, sent them to me, and I sat down and played them and then just riffed a chorus, like yep. just improvised it with the idea. I, I had the idea, the idea of hanging on to that, right? The Fear Lullaby as the hook. Yep. Um, and sent that back to you, and some of those lines still made it in, even though I was just riffing. And yeah. then you finessed them. Yeah, it was a cool one because the verses were very much me and the chorus was very much you and there wasn't a lot of overlap and it all still kind of feels cohesive and like a single song, uh, which I think is nice. That's nice when that happens. <laughs> I think there was maybe one line that we fiddled with, but other than that, I feel like it just sort of came out as it was. There wasn't a lot of back and forth and editing. It just sort of became, I don't know how much you wrestled to find a melody on your end, but. I don't think I did. My memory of it is that you'd sent me the note and I pretty much just turned on the, on the keyboard, sat down and put my fingers on the, on the keyboard and just recorded what was there. Yep. So. 
So there you go. That's the whole story. It was really easy, and then it was done. <laughs> and didn't have to do any more work on it. It just put it out in the world, and then it was totally finished. The end. Here's a voice memo from the 17th of January, 2019, also known as the day we wrote this song. Should you try to tell yourself I'm gonna leave If the fear you carry's inclined to believe you When the ghosts of all the stories Up and down to see Hold on When the miles are much too hard And roads are too long in my face is your mind is an unfinished song And you're sure that the right is all heading for wrong Hold on Hold on So you ride the fear along a path Reminded that it's not to cry Find me in the folds of your desire Tell the words it has to say To come again another day Shut out the name of the the rain Cause I'm not done with you yet So this noose around my neck Is no more real than all the things You ride the fear of lullaby I wrote the, the next verse once you had a chorus, I think. Yep. Well, the other part of that bridge is um, the first lyric, you tell her a story and I'll sing her a tune. Uh, then it's around to the, I'll tell her a story and you sing her a tune. And that story and tune is now our little project that we do together. The thing that we call ourselves. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of like our duo, but it's, it's not really a duo when it's not like a band that when it's kind of doing... Um, we write songs, obviously, for specific things that we have in it's mind. It's more of a marriage than a merger. <laughs> it's a really old joke. It's like a joke from the 90s that I don't think really like translates anymore. Late 2000s, early 2000s. Um, yeah, Story in Tune is the umbrella for things that we make together. It's when the two of us are creating one thing. That's what we call it, <laughs> whether it's a a commissioned song or a song we write for ourselves or a gig that we book where we both sing. It's a catch-all term. Yep. The two of us will be there. Well, the other thing about that bridge is there's two parts because we've got story and tune in there and then the, the line after that as if words could heal the wounds. Yeah, that was and yours. I, and I knew that. I knew that was going to be the title for my record for a long time. I'd, I'd actually have no record of when that idea first came to me. But I knew that was going to be the title of the record. But I also thought that fitted into this song because we're kind of talking about Lily writing lyrics, writing songs into fear right. and writing it all about like using words to, to heal the, the fear wound. So I just thought it fit in this song as well. So it's sort of a double whammy in that bridge of, you know, story and tune, like our story and our, right. our merger. It's such an interesting line for me that as if words could heal the wounds line, I still struggle with it because I've kind of built my entire like orientation in life around the idea that words can actually like, heal wounds, that that is a power that they possess. So 
It's funny every time. Every time I'm like, but they can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they can. Why is it pessimistic, Ben Grace? Well, uh, it's not pessimistic as much as I think for me. It seems I, I, in the context of the whole album, it feels like the the preposterous idea that a song, you know, that kind of talks about Black Lives Matter could, could actually massive could talk into that huge wound right. societally, and that you know, an eye for an eye with you know taking on gun violence and. And, right. and you know the Syrian refugee crisis, like that, it, the song could speak into those massive things. Yeah, you know. But I think in the, in the context of this song, that's why I think it also had such a nice, easy kind of slide into that that bridge is because that's what the song was about, and there was kind of the dogged belief for both of us. I think at yep. that point, as we were writing this song, and as we were kind of walking through our relationship, that we could actually do this like that. This is actually a real thing. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the the beauty of writing in general and of words in general is that both of those things are true at the same time. The mm-hmm. words cannot ever account for the magnitude of some of these horrors that you write about um, or the trauma that we've experienced or any of that. There are, There's no way that words can come close to accurately addressing that. And at the same time, so often in these little small momentary ways, they do. They, they come in and they heal something small, some little part of what's happening, or some little bit, and one human or one moment or three and a half minutes of someone's life where that wound is at least addressed or processed or something. And I think that's such a, a lovely duality to get to live in as an artist is just that that place of knowing that you can change nothing you can do nothing and you can do everything for a minute you know and and the power of all of those cumulative minutes and their critical mass at some point i don't know i think it's such a beautiful little contradiction in and of itself that little phrase it's a nice one Uh, one thing is also interesting for me about this song is it's obviously the the latest song on the album that was, that was written, and it also felt like because it's the sort of the start of our chapter and the start of a new chapter for me moving mm-hmm. out of New York and moving away from um, a lot of things that I think I was kind of dealing with, um, and I think without something like without "Write the Fear of Lullaby" is one of the most personal songs for me on the record in in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think part of this, you know, that, that classic kind of thought that if we don't heal our own wounds, there's no way we can kind of turn our attention to the other wounds. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like this is part of the, this is one of the songs on the record that's part of the, here's my very personal collection of songs. Right. That kind of is the reason why I have authority to turn my attention to the other things because I'm doing the work on these things. Right. While this song was written very quickly, the production couldn't have been any more different. I started working on the demo for this tune in early June 2019. Paul Dima was involved in this track from the very first moment, and once we felt we'd established a tempo that would work, I went into a studio here in San Diego in August to track piano and vocals. This was the very same session we recorded piano and vocals for a thousand times. I had a bunch of drum samples that I'd been building around, And so next we pulled in Paul Ekberg in September to replace those and track drums and percussion at his studio in Nashville. 
Over the next few months, Paul and I went back and forth on this tune many times. Paul had added a bunch of guitars and backing vocals to the recording, and he absolutely nailed the bridge of the song, which quickly became my favourite section. I still didn't feel like we had the rest of the arrangement nailed down and wanted the song to rise to the same level of intensity and feeling as the bridge. We did some drastic surgery on the tune, like deleting the acoustic guitar entirely and cutting the intro so that the song jumped straight into the first verse with the swelling strings. To me, this sound signified the swirling feeling I get when anxiety begins to overtake me and the panic attack starts to hit. It wasn't until the end of March in 2020 that I finally felt like we had the arrangement nailed. Paul had said he thought we needed something in the verse after the first chorus to move it along a little, and I just kept drawing blanks. But one day I sat down and put some MIDI strings on it, and when I sent them over to Paul, replaced them with this gorgeous Mellotron flute sound that had the same fluttery, anxious feel, and that's when I knew we had it. I'm so, so grateful for Paul Dima, for his friendship, his skill, and his heart, and this album would not be the same without his influence on it. Here's Paul Dima giving insight into his experience of working on this song. As If Words Could Heal the Wounds is a record of Ben finding his voice, both as artist and producer. The first batch of songs was co-produced by session musicians and engineers in New York City. Colorado was produced in Nashville by Josh Grange, I helped produce the next batch of songs, but by the end of the record, Ben had fully taken the producer seat. Write the Fear Lullaby feels like a transition into that space. Ben sent me drum ideas for Paul Ekberg to recreate. He wrote me a bass part to play. But the song was already built out with lush synths and piano by the time I first heard it. Though there wasn't too much left to be done on this one, I was honored that Ben would trust me to put some final touches on it. A big feature is Trisha McNeil, a.k.a. In Earnest, a.k.a. My Partner in Crime, on wordless vocals. What originally seemed like a subtle background vocal ended up being an important part of the mix. I hear Trisha's voice as a musical representation of the song's theme, taking anxiety that transcends words and bidding it to sing, taking an undercurrent of fear and uncertainty and letting it out into the light. Nothing but a man. 
write the fear lullaby. And so we were going to keep it, and you were going to release it with the album. Yeah, I was. That's right. How'd I, that go? Well, it didn't go as planned. <laughs> I, you know, I think I was worried about people not paying attention to the album because they'd already heard all of the singles, and so there were three songs I was hoping to hold back. Right. This being one of them, but when I shared it around, when I got it mixed and got it shared around with people, a bunch of people who were like, "Hey, like this seems uh, like." a very relevant thing happening in the middle of the pandemic. So this was kind of May right. uh, or April, I guess, when people were talking to, to me about this, but released this early in May uh, because we thought this would speak to people's anxiety in the midst of COVID. So, and it was, it was really delightful, I think, to hear people's feedback on it. Yeah. But I think by and large, what was interesting was people writing who were walking through big things in their intimate relationship and kind of saying, like, we've had this exact conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it does definitely, it listens like a, a very familiar, I think everyone has, I mean, everyone, there's the, the universal and the specific mm-hmm. plays in here really strongly, because this was really, this was a song that was written around this, like, one very particular tool that you and I used it literally in text messaging, writing each other, like these little, here's what I know things, you know, and writing, writing right into the fear. Um, it was very literal. It was really, really couldn't have been more literal. <laughs> That's exactly what we were doing. We were writing a song. Um, but I think it, it just has that echo of the same anxiety that everybody wrestles with in uh, relationships and just sort of the weird, you know, we're so programmed to believe that relationships are sort of oriented around ownership and fear and loss and like a thing that ends is bad. And so like the, and we, none of us want to be alone. And there's just this constant fear. I mean, the first line of that song is you try to tell yourself, I'm going to leave you. And, you know, um, I think it just hit a nerve of these are the universal anxieties that everybody sort of faces and we all have our baggage and our echoes and our ghosts of our previous stuff and none of us really want to go through what we've been through again <laughs> if we've mm-hmm. experienced any sort of loss so um yeah I think that it, it managed to really resonate with people both in relationship and then also just with the anxiety of of COVID and of the pandemic and and the whole thing just that idea of this is also a self-contained practice, you know, it's a, this whole idea of mothering your own fear. Yep. Something you do for each other, for your partner, but it's also something that we learn to do for ourselves, I think. <laughs> I don't think I've told you this, but there was actually a review that came back for the album mm-hmm. a few days ago uh, from this newsletter that's been like running for 30 years in the UK. Um, and it's primarily in the, in the Christian space. Um, and they gave the album a really favorable, like, overview. Wow. Eight out of ten. Even with, like, Little Story? Well, they really loved Little Story. They which did. Which is funny. They said that was their favorite song it's on the record. progressive Christian publication. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Interesting. But, but one of the funny <laughs> pieces of feedback was they didn't understand Write the Fear Lullaby. Huh. Like, they didn't get it. And I think that's, that's curious to me because I kind of feel like as I'm 
in this period of my life and as I'm doing much of this work, I feel like I wish I had these tools earlier and I wish people had taught me earlier and I wish I had an awareness of anxiety in, in my world. Um, but I feel like what we're sitting in, here we are the day after election day and still sitting in the middle of whatever's going to happen. But it's very obvious that we don't, I don't think we have societally, we have tools and definitely around in Christian circles do not have tools to deal with our fear. Right. Yeah. And I guess it's funny because we, we do run in circles where like the language of therapy is very normalized and the language of, um, self-awareness and healing and trauma response and trauma healing and all of those things. Like, I think there's, there's a, we are in a bubble where all of those things are just things that we talk about all the time. So I write all of the time about my fear as a personified thing. She is this and she is that. And she, you know, she calms down when I say her name and just this idea that you can acknowledge and interact with a feeling, which I guess is, that is sort of a, a very like our bubble concept, you know, mm -hmm. like if you don't have this idea of your feelings and your emotions as something that you can interact with, that you can speak to, that you can mother, that you can, um, that you can be sad and you can hold your sadness and you can tend to your sadness or you can be afraid and you can acknowledge your fear and speak to it and, um, tame it, you know, in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. It's interesting to yeah to I, think about where that would sit with you if you didn't have a feeling for those things. Well, I think it was when I was when I was actually living in Colorado around that time was the first time I ever opened my mouth in a period where I was having a pretty bad panic attack. Opened my mouth and started speaking to the panic. I started actually saying that out loud, and I would, you know that probably to a lot of people sounds like crazy talk yeah. and yet I've heard so many other people who suffer from anxiety and from panic attacks that that actually is an incredibly useful tool. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know. Yeah. And I'm frankly, I hope, I hope that that is true. I hope that the cases that we keep writing songs about things that people don't fully understand and then go, what, what is this talking about? And let me figure, I hope that's true with, I'm, you know, my obsession with writing songs about good boundaries. Like mm -hmm. I would like to, like to undermine the love song industry with real boring songs about setting good boundaries and relationships, but <laughs> it's going to be a tough sell. <laughs> We're going to get there. Um, but I think, I think that it's, uh, I think that it is an incredibly, an incredibly freeing tool. I mean, it, at the end of the day, right, the fear of lullaby is a song about agency. Mm -hmm. It is a it is a resistance to codependence a little bit. Like it is sort of this idea that like when this fear comes upon you, yes, I I can reassure you. And the song is sort of reassuring. The song is the the voice of the song is saying to the other person, like, I'm not done with you yet. Yep. This whole thing is just a this fear is is only fear. Um but I think it is a very empowering song about agency, about like you yeah. can, when those fears up, you can come up, you can say to those fears, there is no, there's no foothold for you here. These, yeah. these are, you are ghosts and echoes and you are not, you are not based on what's really happening. It's a make-believe goodbye. Yeah. It is a song that is unique to people who have had the experience of anxiety or panic. Mm -hmm. And I love that even in the process of finishing the song, you were 
still confronting some of those things in yourself and you know working through them even around producing and around all of this decision making and just knowing what you like and don't like and what you wanted like that's that's beautiful but I think we need I think we need and maybe you know British Christian publications are a good indicator that we need more normalized conversation around panic and anxiety because we are living it's the day after election day today we are a country of anxiety sufferers in this moment and we need more tools more conversation around these very real things that are affecting more and more of us as we are confronted with the kind of daily onslaught of trauma and that's coming from the internet from the political climate from the the virus from the whole thing there's just a ton of it and it's not going away mm-hmm. twitter's not going away the internet's not going away none of these things are access to all of this crisis is not going away we need conversations songs poems books tools tv shows characters we need models of anxiety and panic and, and what to do with them and how to process them and how not to let them take over your life and ruin your relationships and do the whole thing so hijack democracies hijack democracies <laughs> yeah fear is a really here's the deal fear is a ruiner fear mm-hmm. is how you get fascism fear is how you get um everything you don't want <laughs> is through that's why the bible says to not be afraid more than it says anything else is fear fear is the antithesis of love yeah. fear is the Fear is the, the biggest cock block of love. Yep. I just went from Bible to cock block in like two sentences. <laughs> um, that's why you like me. Um, I think it was Colby Martin and I were having this conversation about fear and love the other day. Maybe it wasn't, but it doesn't matter. But, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate. Right. The opposite of love is fear. Yep. Like, as you just said, antithesis. Like, And hate is just a manifestation of fear. Yeah. I think most negative emotions that we have anger grief all of them are rooted in fear it's the fear of a future without the thing that you've lost it's the fear of uh being threatened or losing something or having something taken from you that motivates most of our anger like there's not the fear of someone you love being hurt the fear of there's not much else that we get mad about really there's all of the, everything comes back to fear. And I think this idea that perfect love casts out fear, I think we have the, the tendency to look at things like that like it's one big picture action. Like, perfect love came, cast out the fear, and the fear's gone instead of a thing that happens 417 times in every day. Mm-hmm. In every day, it is the constant application of love that drives out fear in every minute, in every conversation, in every interaction. It's not a one and done fix. It is a practice. It is a every moment, return, return, return. Because the fear is not going away. People yeah. are always going to be afraid. Yep. And love is always going to be the only response to fear. Yep. And our brains haven't quite evolved past the, the perception of threat. You know, we're not walking through yeah, we the don't grass have it. anymore, you know, expecting a tiger or a lion behind there, but we still still fear things. Mm-hmm. We still have this perceived threat of, of what it is. Yep. So Yep. We will always have fear. But 
That's a cheery ending then. I think you should say something else. (laughs) So you should write the fear a lullaby. (laughs) And (laughs) we always have fear, but fear is, fear is, is only as powerful as, I mean, fear only has the fuel that we, we feed it. So, and that's, that's what I think this, this song is really about is the story that you tell to your fear, right? Mm -hmm. So it is the story you tell your fear and you either tell your story that it is, or tell your fear that it's valid and that there is much to f- be afraid of, and that everything that it believes is true and right, or you tell it a different story and you sing it a different song, and it probably doesn't fix it forever, but it's the only tool we've got. Mm-hmm. So it's the as if the words can heal the wounds. We're just gonna keep. <laughs> we're just gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going with it until we get to the end. Just keep swimming. Where can they find your work on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should ask. That's quite a question. Um, most everything that I do in the wide, wonderful world of the internet is linked to my website, which is just Karen with a Y, KarenThurston.com. You can get to most places there. I am Girl of Cardigan on Instagram if you want to slide into my DMs and ask me to co-write because that's what all the guys are doing. And, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, the Heathen Podcast with you frequently. So there's that everywhere as Heathen Podcast. Storyintune.com, that's a thing. I could go on, but I think we'll stop there. Mm-hmm. Should we tell our listeners what's actually happening on StoryInTune.com in, several, in, well, that in, we're, in a couple of weeks? That we're getting married, mm-hmm. but that's the thing that's happening. <laughs> yes, we're having a virtual wedding. It's a real wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a virtual wedding sounds so funny. Like, we're, <laughs> we're going into the holodeck and getting married. Uh, no, yeah, we're, we're having a wedding uh, in a couple weeks here. A live-streamed wedding, like everything else in our lives. So, heaven forbid we should not live stream something but it's nice because it means that everybody can everybody can come we didn't have to edit the guest list at all (laughs) you just invite everyone we know you're invited whoever you are you can come it's gonna be fine come on down all right you heard it here first (laughs) (laughs) okay bye. bye i hope you enjoyed the story behind the song now here's the song in full Should you try to tell yourself I'm gonna leave you If the fear you carry's inclined to believe you When the ghosts of all the stories upend and deceive you Hold on When the miles are much too hard and roads are too long If my face in your mind is an unfinished song And you're sure that the right is all headed for wrong Hold on Hold on Won't you write the fear lullaby Remind her it's okay to cry Find me in the folds of your desire Tell the worries in your way To try again another day Shut up and love me till they all expire
Cause I'm not done with you yet And this weight around my neck Is nothing but a make-believe goodbye So write the fear of love Should the shadows in your memory undo you If the edges of truth blur and elude you When the corners of the future Try and tear a hole right through you Hold on Hold on Won't you write the fear Remind her it's okay to cry Find me in the folds of your desire Tell the worries in your way To try again another day Shut up and love me till they all retire Cause I'm not done with you yet And this weight around my neck Is nothing but a make-believe goodbye so write the fear of lullaby You tell her a story I'll sing her a tune As if words could heal the wounds I tell her a story You sing her a tune As if words could heal of your desire Tell the worries in your way to try again another day Shut up and love me till they all get tired Cause I'm not done with you yet And this weight around my neck Is nothing but a make-believe goodbye So write the fear of lullaby Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of As If Words Could Heal the Wounds. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, send it to someone in a long-distance relationship. The record is out now, so go stream it, heart it, save it, playlist it, or even better, buy it, wherever you like to get your music. Back next week with the ninth song off the album, New York Lullaby. Bye for now.